0: What a treat that would be. And all God's people said, amen, amen. You'd be out in about five minutes. It might be what you want. (laughs) You know, the Scripture teaches us that uh, we're not just to recognize our mothers on a special day like today. It's a great thing to do. Glad that we do it. But the Scripture teaches us we are to honor our mothers and again, not just on a special day during the year, but literally we are commanded in the Ten Commandments uh, to honor our mothers continually with that spirit of attitude, that attitude of gratefulness and love toward her. In the Ten Commandments, uh, the scripture tells us this in Exodus 20:12 that we are to honor our mothers, and of course it adds, our fathers, so that uh, our days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God has given you. And so we have this word honor, and the word honor literally means to add weight. What kind of weight? What's well, the weight of value, the weight of worth. Uh, it's the idea of exalting someone in their, in, in their heart and mind about another individual. And so we are literally commanded uh, to honor, to exalt in our heart and mind uh, the, the mother of our wives. We are to honor her. And it's given to us in 10 commandments. I think it's kind of fascinating when we consider the 10 commandments is that the first four, which is called the vertical commandments, all deal with our personal relationship with God. The other six are called the horizontal commandments commandments all deal with our personal relationship with others. And at the very top, the very first one that involves all other ultimately impacts all other relationships is our relationship with our parents where we are commanded of the Lord our God to honor our mothers and our fathers. Question is, what does that look like and what should it be? How should we be expressing that in our lives? incredibly important. As I said earlier, we live in a time where um, the nuclear family, as we know it, uh, has, uh, beginning really in the 1960s, began to fall apart, began to be uh, to actually be dissected out by our culture and trying to destroy uh, what the real family unit is all about. I came across a book uh, this week in my studies called the, the Rise and the Fall of the Roman Empire. And uh, the writer of this book lists five things. Now understand that at that time, uh, Rome was one of the most powerful empires in the world had ever known, Uh, but it failed, and it failed greatly, and he listed five things in the very top. He says this was the most important thing that impacted everything else I'm going to write about, And, and here's what he said. Let me just read it to you. He said the number one reason for the fall of the Roman Empire was the undermining of the dignity and the sanctity of the home. In other words, a spirit of rebellion basically against this one commandment to honor our mothers and our fathers. Well, today, of course, our focus is not on fathers. Our focus is, is on our mothers. So I want to share with you three ways in which we can honor Our mothers. Now, as Steve shared just a moment ago, of course, our mom is with the Lord. Our dad is with the Lord. But we can reflect back and give God praise for their impact on our lives. But I want to share this with you today. And I hope you'll write some of these down and, and just implement them into your life. If we're going to honor our mothers, first, we must respect her. We must respect her. Now, I could actually list seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe even more ways in which we are to show our respect to our moms, but I just want to focus on, on two areas, two kind of general areas uh, of how, from Scripture, we're supposed to honor or show respect to our moms. First of all, as an adolescent, we are to obey. Now, I'm using that term adolescent as broad as I possibly can. I'm really talking about all of the life we have before we become adults. And the scripture says the number one thing to honor your mom is respect her by obeying her. Listen to what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 6 and uh, in the first three verses. In Exodus twenty twelve, we are commanded to honor. In, X, in Ephesians six, he's telling us how we do that. Here's what he says: Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then he quotes Exodus twenty twelve: Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long upon the earth. And so we have this word. It's given as an imperative again. It's one of those things where uh, Paul's not saying, hey, here's something you need to consider. Uh, God might be pleased with us. No, he is saying, God has commanded us to honor, respect her by obeying her. And he says, hey, here's what comes with that. Think about this. Those of you in here, and and maybe you're in that age group uh, that I am talking about, and, and I want you to just hear what I've got to say. Would you like to have God's favor upon your life? I mean, who wouldn't, right? Have God's favor, God's blessing, God's protection upon your life. Well, here's what the scripture says to you. Obey your parents. And for us today, obey your mom. Now, in case you're maybe saying, well, is it really that big a deal? Particularly, listen, not only in terms of the impact it has in our homes, but our country. Let me show you a fascinating passage of scripture. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 uh, verses 1 through 5. Would you turn there with me for a moment? Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. When I was reading this passage, it just, to me, seemed like the Holy Spirit of God had looked into the future and our day and time. Because what I'm fixing to read for you, we see literally taking place all around us. And it's like he he looked into the future and he took that and he placed that vision in Paul's heart and he described our day and time. And notice the things that he talks about. He begins in verse 1. He says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. That word difficult times literally in some translation means perilous times. And brothers and sisters in Christ, all who are here, we are living in perilous times. Now, that doesn't mean, I'm, I need to clarify this, that doesn't mean that the gospel has failed. You know, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, for, for the gospel is the power of God and the salvation. But you need to understand something. Listen carefully what I'm saying. The power of the gospel for salvation was not to save civilization from wreckage because God prophesied exactly what was going to happen. But it's not there to, to save civilization from wreckage, but to save man from the wreckage of civilization. And we're living in those times, and here's how it is described. Verse two, for men, mankind, will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers. Notice the next phrase, disobedient to parents ungrateful, unholy, unliving, unreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied his power, avoid such men as these. Notice in this basket of wickedness, right in the middle of it, being disobedient, parents. If we're going to honor our moms, we're going to honor our dads. we got to respect them. And we do that in those years in obedience. In obedience. Of course, I always get that you know, that that question or that statement, well, yeah, but what if the parents uh, are telling them to do something that is contrary to the will of God? Well, I mean, it's a simple answer to that. Number one is that we always have a higher command and that is to obey the Lord our God. Do I have a witness on that? That is always there. And so that must always come first. But listen carefully. There are so many situations, you know this, where the innocent child, too small to know and not even having the strength to be able to say no even if they understand it. And I want you to know when that happens, God's going to hold those parents incredibly guilty for putting those innocent children in that situation. But otherwise, we obey God, but we honor our moms by respecting her in obedience. Well, look at the second part, though, in respecting her. As an adolescent we obey. As an adult, we are open to her counsel, her teaching, her counsel to us. Listen to these words in Proverbs, uh, Proverbs chapter 1 and in verses 8 and 9. Solomon writes this, Hear, my son, your father's instruction and, listen carefully, do not forsake your mother's teaching, your mother's counsel. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments around your neck. I'm going to share something with you that I really hadn't talked about with anyone else. I shared it in the early service. That when I was seeking God's direction whether to come and and be pastor here at Washington Baptist Church, there were a lot of things I had to uh, work through in my heart and mind. One of it being that I was born and raised here, and so uh, there were ladies here that used to change my diaper, and that was kind of like, wow, how do I deal with that? But my family was here. But it was the number one thing that I really had to struggle with. I want you to listen carefully. I knew that if I came, I had to greatly diminish the use of my greatest counselor. And that was my mom. Uh, Steve and I are blessed to have an incredibly wise, godly Mother. And when I was pastoring at Unity Baptist Church, I could run things by her both personally and pastorally. And and I did because God just used her mightily in my life. But to come here where she was also a member that, that meant I had to protect her. I had to protect the body of Christ. And so I had to make the choice that I was going to greatly, greatly diminish Uh, her counsel in my life, particularly in terms of the pastoral uh, aspects of my ministry. And so uh, the only one complaint, the main complaint my mom ever had with me being pastor here before the Lord called her home was that she would say to me, well, I knew a whole lot more of what was going on before you got here. Because my other mentor, James Ellenberg also used her as a godly counselor for him. But I had to protect her and I had to protect the body. There is one other thing that she did say to me on one occasion that uh, that kind of maybe gives you an idea of some of the things she got frustrated with me, but she says, you know what? Your problem is that you are a hard-headed, narrow-minded Southern Baptist preacher. Now, in the earliest service, someone had the audacity to say amen. Yeah. But see, I recognized the voice, and we had a discussion afterwards. <laughs> I understood him. Counsel. Listen to her counsel. Psalms 37, verse 25, the very first part of that verse says this. It says, uh, David writes, he says, uh, I have been young and now I am old. Now why do I bring that up? Because this is something that Kathy and I can say to our children, we can say it to our grandchildren, but they can't repeat it back to us. I can we can say to them, we have been young and now we are old. I can say to them, and Kathy, their mom, and and grandma, mama, as they call her mama, uh, can say, I have been young, and now I'm old. I've been where you are, but you have not been where I am. What do I mean by that? You see, Kathy and I are further down the journey of life than they are. We've seen things and we've experienced things they haven't seen or experienced yet. We're further down the journey of living life for Christ. And so, we can look back and, out of love, give counsel of the things they need to avoid, the things they can expect. expect. Kind of like, you know, taking a trip, let's say, to Charleston. The whole family is going to Charleston, but Kathy and I get up early because we're early risers anyhow, and so we just jump in the car, and by the time we get to Charleston, it's about the time they're getting up, but they're getting packed up and they're coming to Charleston, but I give them a call. Kathy gives them a call and she says, look, uh, as you get onto the interstate at this section right here, they're working on the interstate. Already prepare yourself to take a different route. And oh, by the way, when you get by this accident, they're, they've got a radar there. They're checking the speed. You better be careful, you know. And so and there's a great restaurant here if you want to stop and eat before you get that, what is that say we've already taken the journey and so out of love we can go back and give them wise advice as they start the journey and continue the journey that they are on that's what I'm talking about how do we honor our mothers we respect her in our adolescence, talking about our whole childhood before we become adults, we obey. As an adult, we keep our hearts and minds open to their counsel to us. But not only do we honor by respecting her, we also honor our moms by rewarding her. You say, what are you talking about? Well, I'm just going to mention three things that I think are incredibly important. I'm going to go through these rather quickly, but I hope you will jot these down. I hope you'll build these into your life. As we look into the scripture, we reward her, first of all, watch this, by being supportive. What do I mean by that? Listen to me. By speaking blessing into her life. Let me give you these verses. I hope you'll underline them. I hope you'll highlight them, that you will use them as you seek. If your mom is still here, again, Steve and I, mom's with the Lord. We're looking for, oh, by the way, I got to tell you this on one occasion. I'll get to that in a moment. I just, i have to wait on that one. Listen to what it says, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. Listen to these words. Pleasant words are a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and healing of the bones. Words are powerful, or are they not? And they can be used to hurt, they can be used to stab, they can be used to destroy, but they can be used to bless someone. And we're talking about blessing our moms. Pleasant words are a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul. Listen to what it says that in Proverbs chapter 25 and, and in verse 11. It says, like apples of gold and setting of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. Oh, just the right word at the right time can be such an incredible blessing in someone's life. can be an incredible blessing in your mom's life. Speak life into her. Speak blessings into her. Scripture says this in Proverbs chapter 17 and in verse 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. So here's my challenge to you. Would you speak blessings into your mom? Would you be a medicine to her that brings joy into her soul, her spirit, a medicine that no doctor can prescribe? It really can only come from you. As you speak the right words at the right time, and as you speak joy into her heart, reward her by being supportive. Reward her by being sensitive. Romans chapter 12, verse 15. It's not a word directly related, of course, to moms. It's a principle of life, but let's make the application. Here's what it says. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. In other words... Don't live your life so self absorbed that you don't have a clue what's going on in other people's lives. I know life is incredibly distracting. You know, Kathy and I, we look at uh, what I do as a pastor and the things that she's doing now and and all the wonderful uh, grandchildren that we have, seven grandchildren involved in all kind of wonderful things and, and we want to try to be a part of that as much as we can. And so I understand that, you know, we got sticks in the fire, we got plates uh, on the sticks that we're trying to keep going. I understand all that. But listen, when we become so absorbed with ourselves, that we're not sensitive to what's going on in our mom's lives, then we're not pleasing to the Lord. So when she's rejoicing, you give her undivided attention to rejoice with her. And when she's struggling, you give undivided attention the helper in her struggling. There, about, there, there were times when she, before she went on to be with the Lord, that I'd be coming back from the hospital. It was it was easy just to stop by, if you know the routes, It was easy to stop by and just going in and talk to Mom for a little bit. And I could tell the moment that I walked through the door what was going on. I, I could tell by the look in her eyes when she was happy and uh, could sit down and just have a great time of, of just rejoicing. Well, whatever it was, she was excited about. I can always also see those times then in her eyes, particularly first couple of years after Dad's death. He died in 1993 and and even a little bit longer than that when she was having one of those hard days. You know what I'm talking about. She's thinking about our dad, thinking about her relationship with him, and but there was a conversation we had on one occasion just to share this with you, and she was having a hard time, and she's talking about dad's going on before us, and just wondering what it's like for him up there, and. And uh, him waiting for us to get there, she was talking about those things. And I said, well, Mom, why well, don't let's just look at it this way. It'll it help you if you look at it this way, that in eternity there is no time. In fact, that's part of what makes eternity eternity It's the absence of time. There's no past. There's no future. It's an eternal present. I said, "And if that's true, then in reality we're all just going to get there at the same time. She sat there a moment, looked at me and says, Don't blow my mind like that. (laughs) But it broke the ice. And I was able to have some good time with her after that. Look, reward your mom. Be supportive, be sensitive, be spontaneous. Be spontaneous. Galatians chapter six and then verse ten. Another one of those uh, passages of scripture that uh, is just a principle of life, and we're going to make application here. It says in verse ten. So then, look at this next phrase. If you if you have your Bibles open and not just watching on the screen, or if you're taking notes, write this down. It says, "While we have opportunity." While we have opportunity, my opportunity, Steve's opportunity is gone. We rejoice for the assurance we have that she's with the Lord. While we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are of... The household of faith. But let me add this. Especially our moms. What does that look like? I'll just put it this way. Intentionally look for ways and moments to just bless her socks off. Yes, Mother's Day, I get it. We'll do that in our family and, and have a great time. I get all that. I, I'm not talking about Mother's Day, all right? I, I'm talking about any day, someday, intentionally looking in the days of your life. While you have opportunity, bless her socks off. And God will bless you. Respect her. obedience and through being open to her counsel. Reward her by being supportive, being sensitive, being spontaneous. And then lastly, reverence her. Reverence her. Look at Leviticus in the Old Testament with me for just a moment. Leviticus chapter 19, the first part of verse 3, the Word of God says this, every one of you shall reverence his mother and his father. Word from the Lord, reverence your mother and your father. How do we do that? I think the best application is this here. Earnestly, faithfully, lovingly, patiently, sacrificially take care of her as she moves toward that direction that she can't take care of herself. Earnestly, faithfully, lovingly, patiently, sacrificial. way to reverence your mom and reverence your dad as well. Proverbs chapter 30, let's look at what Scripture says here. Verse 17, Lord is using pictures here, kind of a gruesome picture in a way. To explain how important it is to respect her, to reward her, to reverence her. He says it this way The eye, listen, the eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother. The ravens of the valley will pick it out, and the young eagles will eat it. What's God saying? He's saying you need to earnestly, faithfully, lovingly, patiently, sacrificially take care of your mom as she moves toward that point of not being able to take care of herself. Paul put it this way in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and in verse 8. He says, if anyone does not provide for his own, we always take that to, to refer to parents taking care of their children, but there are many right here, right now. You know exactly what I'm saying. There comes that time where the children take care of their parents. If anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has, listen to this, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Another translation the word, uh, infidel. Doesn't say he or they are infidels, says they're worse than infidels. Now, I don't live with my head in saying, folks, 40 years of pastoring, I know that there are multitude and multitude and multitude of realities and situations and difficulties in this area of our lives. And it takes a lot of wisdom and it takes a lot of discernment as well. To, to be able to make the right choices, to do the right things. I remember my mom trying to take care of my grandmother, Grandmother Westmoreland. Oh, just a wonderful lady, Miss, Miss Alice is what she was called. Mom was determined that she was gonna take care of her to the end earnestly, faithfully, lovingly, patiently, sacrificially. But what Steve and I saw was that it was taking our mom away from us as well. I'm talking about physically. And she finally had to come to that point where she knew she had to involve others. She had to uh, include others to help take care of her. So I'm just saying this. Look, I understand it's not just a cookie cutter here. But what I want you to understand is this. God expects us to do this, and I'm going to close with this. God expects us in his strength, with his wisdom, to do the very best we possibly can in life to respect her, to reward her, and to reverence her. And when you do, God is gonna be pleased. And whatever you have to go through, his hand of favor is gonna be upon you. Honor your mom. I suggest you do two things. Possibly both if you can. If you can't, do at least one. If your mom is still alive, I want you to write her a letter. Say, well, I can tell her face to face. No, I want you to write her a letter because when we sit down to write letters, we find ways and things to express that somehow are difficult to say face to face. I want you to write her a letter, no matter what has gone on in life, and just, and just ask God to direct you and, and just thank her for everything that she has done for you. I can't do that. If you can, I challenge you to do it and then give it to her. Send it to her. Let her hear your heart, your respect, your reward, your reverence as best as you can under the wisdom of God. The second thing, get before God and thank Him for every good thing she has done in your life, every way she's cared for you, everything that she has done, and this I can do, and give God thanksgiving for the mom that's been in your life. Remember, there's no perfect moms, there's no perfect children, and so those things that we can give praise to and give thanks to, make sure she knows, make sure he knows your gratefulness for it in your life. And so, Father God, we come with joy in our heart, understanding that there are all kinds of things that we have to deal with in life. We get it, but we also get your word. And your word is clear. So, on behalf of all of us here, we ask, through your wisdom and your strength, Lord, lead us to respect her, to reward her, and to reverence her. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. And God's favor be upon you.